Thank you so much for joining in to today's podcast from Caleb Perkins Ministry. We pray that today's podcast will be uplifting and encouraging in your walk with the Lord. Now here's today's podcast. What's going on, everybody? Got me and Josh in the studio today. Hello. Joshua Perkins. Joshua Perkins. Joshua Perkins. Joshua Perkins. Joshua That's Perkins. my government's. Don't Is wear it? it out. All right. Well, I didn't say Daniel. Perkins. I know, right? Oh. No. Wait, I just did. Yeah, I know, right? Elwood. <laughs> Whoa, don't be putting out my middle name like that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Spanish for the wood. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. Well, today me and Josh are wanting to uh, dialogue and discuss, um, I guess, really just like uh, transformation and shifts, uh, trends in the church and the body of Christ, the early church, historically, mm-hmm. what that looks like, and things that we can take away from it today. As always, whenever we talk about these things, uh, Scripture is of utmost importance. Yeah, as, hopefully. As, yeah. You read, as you read and you come to a determination on things, right? Yeah, you, you make the assessment after reading Scripture. Exactly. And I, I do find it that, you know, if you're going to uh, follow something or believe something, that it be backed by the Word of God, and then it is confirmed as, you know, the Lord starts speaking with you uh, to move out and step out into the things that He's calling you into. And that could look like anything, right? Mm-hmm. It can look like a divine appointment at one time at a gas station. It Absolutely. could look like, you know, the Lord saying that He wants you to, mm-hmm. you know, change jobs and gain employment at another place. And I, I've heard that a lot, too. Like, a lot of people are like, well, you know, that's just my work. It's not my mission field. I was like, that is your mission field. Where do you spend the most part of your time, uh, right? Actually, statistically, you spend uh, more time at your job site than you actually do with your family. Yeah. Uh, historically speaking. <laughs> right. I mean, statistically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, that's, I mean, you're going to. Yeah. So why not, you know, be used by God there? Because that's the majority of your time that you're, you've spent throughout your lifetime, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so as we're talking about the early church, I want to read out of uh, Mark chapter 16, starting in verse 14, uh, going to verse 20. So Mark 16, 14 through 20, it says, and starting in verse 14, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. Verse 15, and he said to them, Go into the, the all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who <laughs> believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will uh, take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Mm-hmm. So, we, we we know a few things, right? So, Jesus is commissioning uh, the disciples, he mm-hmm. is telling them that they need to go out and that they need to go and preach the gospel. Then further, we know that as Paul begins to write in Second Timothy, he writes this letter to his spiritual son, Timothy, right? He's encouraging him and telling him to go teach other men also, Second Timothy 2, too. 
he says, hey, go find other other faithful men to teach them also that they would go out and continue the, the work of the gospel. So we see here that was their assignment, was to go and spread the gospel. So what that looks like, though, has changed over the years. Mm-hmm. So when the early church first broke out after the resurrection of Christ, we see for uh, that definitely for the first 70 years after the resurrection of Christ, the church is scattered, right? They're mm-hmm. going to different places. They're heavily persecuted. They don't have necessarily, like, yeah, you could say Jerusalem was like the hub kind of place yeah, in, in Scripture. They yeah. reference that a couple times. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're very much uh, nomadic, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they begin uh, spreading out through throughout preaching the gospel to, to various places and raising up disciples. Now, a lot of people think that after that 700 AD period, that they start, uh, you know, erecting all of these huge cathedrals and these ginormous churches with these th- churches of thousands of followings, and that's just not historically accurate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't see actually the popularity of church structures and buildings until 300 AD. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. The, so this is the, this is during the reign of Constantine. Constantine was the one who ended up you know, really uh, promoting the gospel and giving them, they're like, hey, there's a pagan temple. Why don't we have Christian temples? So then they started building these buildings, and it became popular. Mm-hmm. Well, Constantine had the might to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, pretty much what, if, if uh, history serves me correctly, Constant, Constantine, whatever he wanted done, got yeah. done. I mean, yeah, and, that's... And you're, historically... You're an emperor of Rome. Yeah, you know, historically, he was... Uh, he was he, um, I don't know if he was exactly Christian, but he was uh, he was friendly, right? Towards yeah, Christians. well, yeah. They do say that uh, a lot of historians they they're kind of half and half on it. They think he mm-hmm. was like a blended mix of like because he grew up pagan, yeah, right? pagan, and, and, and so Christian then he yeah kind of mixed a little <laughs> bit of both in there. But at, towards the later end of his life, there is a lot of scholars who believe that he was full on converted over to Christianity because of his. Um, his just openness towards the religion and the faith and and, and doing those things. Uh, I, go ahead. I, I do find this interesting, though, too, that there was a phenomena that happened in the 300 AD period. Mm-hmm. So we see 300 years, right? Yep. Think of that amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Just think about our time and the, the shift and uh, transformation that we have seen in our lifetime, right? If you mm-hmm. talk to a new believer now and you tell them about transparencies, Right mm-hmm. on a projector mm-hmm. what, during worship, they're going to look at you like you're crazy, right? Oh, yeah, because they're used to pro presenter and all projector, like projecting all the stuff. They're not used to using the white paper and moving it down, and it, you know, it's shooting the words up on top of you know mm-hmm. the wall or whatever. And so that's just in our lifetime. Like think of the changes that have happened over time. Well, in all fairness, uh, Christianity in the '90s was diff- is different than Christianity in the 2000s. Yes. Uh, just the way the church structure was and what the requirement was. For example, uh, in the early uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s, uh, it was very popular for a church to be open Sunday mornings, Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Now, right. uh, not so very much. Very few are very actually f- open on Sunday nights. Most Sunday of nights. them are still Sunday mornings. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, the... Um, paradigm it seems like it's it's shifted a right. little bit also how am i going to put this the things that the early church went through um, american churches particularly 
do not go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it already cool? Yes. Uh, is it to the same standard? Absolutely not. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like as far as we're talking of uh, persecution yeah. and, you know, uh, doing things like evangelism, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't get ridiculed here in the United States. Uh, at worst, someone's going to call you a religious fanatic. Yeah. But over in other nations, they literally can be thrown in prison and killed. Yeah. And they are doing it in mass numbers, and they're very excited about doing it, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. That kind of gets me back to the, when we're talking about the 380 church, one of the big things that they are talking about by in, the, in, so that's institutionalization of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's where we start seeing the cathedrals and the temples and the buildings where people would come and go to. Mm-hmm. The main reasons why they created these things was because of convenience, right? Yep. And so now you have a building, well, somebody's got to be in charge of it. Someone has to maintain it, take care of it. They have to work it, right? Now you need hired, I'm air quoting, right, clergy, right, Mm -hmm. that step in. So you have these bishops who started taking over these churches. These bishop priests is really what they were, bishop (laughs) priests, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And so the people would come to them. But very quickly, from 300 A.D., like literally 20, 30 years, in the creation of the institutionalization of the church, Mm-hmm. There's mass corruption. Imagine that. Yeah, and manipulation. Mm. Yeah, and so they end up actually separating, and there's two factions of the church, and that's where monasteries were developed and monks. Mm. So the monks were actually separate from bishops and priests, and they would go and separate from the world because they didn't want to be involved with the corruption. Uh, I just want to put this out there. Uh, we are no... Uh by any means, talking bad about uh, church buildings. Just want to put that out there. Right, yeah. Um, this is history. History. <laughs> it but it I, happened. I'll like, tell you what I find fascinating about the entire subject. Yeah. It's the fact that we didn't have buildings first. We saw pagans and other religions have buildings to worship. Right. So like, yeah, we'll just do that. Yeah, we'll just do that, yes. And then... Uh, it's interesting to me that it seems like the people that were put in charge of said buildings um, became corrupt. Yeah. Because and I they, guess there was well, no Well, they used it for political gain. Oh, yeah. Where the priests and the bishops actually held political power. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if, if people didn't attend the service, and then that's when the belief actually came in where people thought they were merely saved by entering into the building. I have, right. I've actually, I actually yeah. hear that now. Yeah, they're actually. like, it's the house of God. Like, just by walking in there, you are saved. And it's like, yeah. what? It's a building. <laughs> well, I remember uh, I was talking to a, a young man uh, quite some time ago, and this was uh, probably last year, and uh, he said uh, he didn't go to church because he didn't own a suit. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's reverence for the building. And there are some people still out there today who do believe that just walking into the building makes you saved. Right, and that that's not even biblical. Mm, like, no. there's no part in the scriptures, and people will say, oh, well, it says don't forsake the assembly. Man, they have interpreted the daylights out of that incorrectly. The assembly is you coming together, right? Mm-hmm. We're not... The the building's not the church. We're the church. We're the church, The yes. people are the church, and as we assemble together and we go and do things for God then we are being the church. And that's very much different than mm-hmm. just being like, okay, well, we're going to do this, and oh, you didn't come, so mm-hmm. now you're not saved. 
now you're a backslider because mm-hmm. you didn't attend this building. Well, we have multiple assemblies crazy. outside. So, right. And most of the time we are talking about uh, godly things. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. The other half's like guns and, and hunting <laughs> or what have you. Blowing Just stuff fellowship, up. right? Yeah. yeah. Tannerite. Tannerite brings people together. It does. Loud explosions oh, normally. Yes. It either frightens them or brings them together. Yeah. yeah. It depends um, on where you're at. For in all the United for States, all you uh for all you pastors out there want to know how to get more men in the church. Yeah. Just do, tell them you're gonna have a tannerite yeah, shoot. Yeah, you're gonna blow stuff up. Yeah, you're gonna blow stuff up. They There'll be come. people to show up. They'll come. They're they like, will. We're gonna shoot guns and blow things up. All right, they're coming. <laughs> Well, you can tell we're in West Virginia or the Middle Ohio Valley. You know, everybody does that. That's that's always a good time. So I guess my question, Josh, is that we've seen multiple transformations of the church over the uh, centuries. Have we left the original intention from how it is biblically placed in Scripture? And what does that look like? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What are some things that we have? Like, is convenience a bad thing? Hmm... It can be and it can't be. Convenience should make us uh, should make it easier for us to pray and seek guidance. Yeah. Um, but also, convenience allows us to not do our due diligence in the reverence, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, basically, like there's something to say about earning something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like think about smartphones, for instance. Right. Mm-hmm. We have all of this knowledge and technology at our fingertips mm-hmm. nobody's using it and like people, i mean and, they're using it for stupid stuff but not like yeah. like mm-hmm. you want to learn how to weld boom you can learn that you want to learn how to do some bam you can learn that mm-hmm. like but in the most technologically advanced that we've ever been we are by large very ignorant by large, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can you can get seventeen different uh, versions of the Bible. You mm-hmm. can break down the Hebrew and the Greek. You don't have to have a degree in Aramaic or nope. Hebrew or Greek. You can just break it down, man. Bro, you don't even have to go to the library to 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 find out what uh, what uh, Judaism is, or you know, the right. breakdown of the Old Testament. Yeah. If you want to start, study early church mm-hmm. history, yeah. like like we did, and we're talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have to really do anything except go get the book and read it and be like, okay, here it is, and cross-reference it with other resources and be like, yeah, this is accurate. This is what all these scholars are saying around this time period. Yeah. So many people have done the work, so but I'm, do we read it? Do we look at it, and do we think about it? Do we analyze it? Some people do, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, people look for answers. Uh, when they're faced with situations that they don't know how to handle. If your life is easy, uh, you have no need for it, quote, unquote. I'm doing finger quotes as well, like yeah. everybody can see me. Right. Uh, however, it seems like when we're in our most difficult uh, spots, we then that's when we start searching for answers. Yeah. And I, I find that absolutely curious. Yeah. Uh, you asked me earlier if I thought we uh, strayed away from the teachings of the early church, and I'd have to say ultimately yes, uh, because there are some people that believe that signs, miracles, and wonders uh, are not for today. Yeah. And I'm like, if he's the same God, he's the same God. Yeah. Right. There's, you know, if he did it then, he'll do it now. Yeah. Uh, And will he do more miraculous things today? That's Mm -hmm. not even written in the Bible. I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Because here's the premise for all that. The Old Testament and New Testament are, are completely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have the same common core, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, there are miracles done in the New Testament, 
that wasn't done in the Old Testament, and mm-hmm. they they only had the Old Testament to go by. Yeah. But but they still wrote their own stories, as yeah. there's still stories today that can be written. Absolutely. There's, yeah, and it even says in John, even all the things that Jesus did could not be recorded in the Bible because it was so great and numerous. What are those things? And, you know, and is it hard to believe that there were things um, that were done that Jesus never talked about? I guarantee it. Yeah. I was mean, it, there's stuff I've done that I don't talk about, you know, not being creepy like that. I, but you know but what I mean? I'm it came off kind of creepy. Right? I mean, yeah. it did. Uh, but no. But I'm just I, a regular guy. Yeah, you know but there's, mean? but so. but no, I, I think that uh, uh, people that know the call in their life and they, they do what they're supposed to do, like hitting the mark and, and things of that nature, I believe that, uh, I, I believe things you do in yeah. your Christian walk, you shouldn't have to share with everybody. There right. are certain things that are just... There are things that are holy. holy. Yeah. yeah. Boom. You owe me a Coke. Bro. You owe me a Coke. <laughs> that is I'll, so I'll weird. I'll take a C4. That's so weird. That's funny. <laughs> but there are some things just too holy to talk about. Right. And I know I know that's not a popular no. uh, thing. Yeah. But. Well, you know, a lot of things are not popular that we, we cover and go over here. But if you're listening to this podcast, we want to encourage you that, you know, stepping into the things that God has for you, it does require us to examine, and I believe... Going to the original intention, mm-hmm. back to the baseline, it, it it explains so much, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, and, and we could even take the Old Testament, New Testament, for instance, the baseline in the new te- in the Old Testament was that God wanted to commune with man, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted to walk with him in the cool of the day. That was his original intention. Then you know, sin and separation, disobedience ended up separating man from God. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus comes as a second Adam to undo those things. What is it? Us to get closer to God. Okay, mm-hmm. but then what do we do? Even with having the Holy Spirit leading and dwelling inside of us, we've allowed over centuries, right, different things to stop us from God, right? You mm-hmm. have to have a mediator. You have to have 15 different people that get you to God, or this person's holier than this person. And all that's religion. Mm-hmm. It's not in the It's not in the Word. Right. You know, even when even when Jesus, when he was res- resurrected, he told everybody, he said, "I must leave so the Holy Spirit can dwell." Yeah, he's like, "This is this is going to be a benefit for you." Almost like almost like this, still fulfill God's calling, mm-hmm. fulfill the Father's calling. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will guide you in and knowing what that is. See, yeah. basically, the Holy Spirit was is 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 designed to be put into us to guide us to what we are supposed to do. Yes. And that could be multiple things. Right. Right? Yeah. Just most of those things will never be written. And when you tell somebody that's not a believer or doesn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, they think you're making it up or you should be mm, in a, in a uh, insane asylum. Right. Because you're now, now you're one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or you'll get hyper-religious people that will hear a message that's similar to this, and, and they'll say, well, what about the institutionalized church? Why don't you... See, why don't you talk about that and go back to that? I'm like, dude, history is doomed to repeat itself. Like, mm-hmm. we've ended up seeing, and if you're listening to this and you've been in church for any amount of time, I guarantee you've been stabbed, hurt, uh, abused, mm-hmm. uh, betrayed, whatever, right? Yeah. By other Christians. By other Christians. And that happens. That does happen. Right? And I'm not saying that to ignore those things, but I'm saying that can't stop you from your relationship with God. And as you continue to be led by God, then you realize what it is. When Paul and Barnabas end up separating, right? 
Barnabas had a mission. Paul had a mission. They had to go and separate to go fulfill their missions. Okay, move on. You know, yeah, there's going to be a confrontation. You don't get out of life without confrontation, right? I don't, you, I don't you, see how no. that's possible. You, you, yeah. you go through life with struggles, with adversities, and we even know this as believers because he says even, what, even uh, for his sake we'll be persecuted. Now, what level that is will be dependent uh, largely where you are, how things are, and, and the level that you can even handle. Situationally, right. yes. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, what do we do with what we have, right? What mm-hmm. do we do with what we have? You know, me and you've both been in places where people would tell us horror stories about saying, oh, well, our church doesn't believe that we can read the Bible because we don't have a seminary degree. So only one person's allowed to, you know, break the Bible down to people. And I'm like, what? You can't even read the Bible, right? Oh, you can't have fellowship at your home? What? Mm -hmm. You can't sit there and and talk and and, uh, pray for other believers unless you have it, uh, you know, blessed off by seven different people? Are you kidding me? Like, that's crazy. Well, here's the thing. Uh, If you look at Old Testament, New Testament, tell me how many of those had a seminary degree. Right. Uh, it's fine. I'll wait. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, they'll say, well, times have changed now. Okay, so now we've what we've done is this. This is and this is what we've done. Mm-hmm. Like anybody listen to this, you can go look it up yourself, right? We built institutions for institutions. Yeah. We said, "All right, we're going to institutionalize the institution that institutionalizes people." Yeah. That's what we did. And so we said, "We're going to build a seminary. We're going to teach them the uh, different doctrines, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to send them out to different places to then preach that and to use it towards people. That's what they did. Mm -hmm. So then that's why you have people today who are like, the Holy Spirit doesn't exist, doesn't do anything. There are no miracles, signs, and wonders. Mm -hmm. God ain't doing nothing today. And uh, for you guys that... That's uh, crazy. For And for you guys that are just tuning in, or this is like one of the first few podcasts you've listened to, uh, just a... Uh, a heads up uh, Caleb actually has a seminary degree and he's just like you don't need a seminary degree to read the Bible because throughout the years we have legitimately taken a simplified practice and made it very complicated yep we uh, complicated the gospel, man. Yeah, it's absolutely. very simple. Yeah. Well, I tell you gospel. what, you can't get, you really can't get fifteen pastors in a room and they all agree on on nope. anything. They'll fight each other. They'll fight each other. I've they seen will. It. They'll yeah. stab each other right before oh, they yes. leave the room, <laughs> and that's crazy. The most unified, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. The body of yep. Christ is supposed to be the most unified ever, but you can't get those guys in a room. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. there not something wrong with that? Bro, you like could nobody? you could have 15 pastors of the same denomination. And they don't like each they other. They don't like each no, other. No. They do not. Sprinkle or submerge. Yeah. Okay. You get you get those guys on the same road. They're in the same town. Mm-hmm. They might even be family, right? They mm-hmm. broke up and they made their own church. It's like, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, you stole my sheep. I stole your sheep. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, they're gods, bro. Like, the people are gods. And that's what I don't understand. Like... Those institutions don't own you, right? When you even even think of school, like we'll talk about the educational system. The educational mm-hmm. system doesn't own you. You go to college, they t- try to tell you what they want you to think and how they want you to do stuff, and they do at a d- to a degree want you to regurgitate stuff, but they don't own you. They don't own your mind. They don't own your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You can go and think however you want. Now, if you take it hook, line, and sinker, that's that's on you. 
And uh, I would highly suggest you do your own research and mm-hmm. come to your own conclusions, be led by the Holy Spirit. Actually, that's really the only thing college actually taught me was how to do the research. Yep. Honestly. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, there was Studied some, there were some uh, you know, systems and ideologies that they did present, but I didn't have to accept them. Now, I ain't going to lie. I did have to write papers uh, that was more towards the ideology of the of the professor in the right, class to get a good grade on to it. get a good cra- grade because it is subjective. Right, you know, it wasn't because my sen- sentence structure was crap. Right, I can yeah. say crap. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting. You, yeah, <laughs> I said it twice. I know, but but you know what I mean. But I didn't have to subscribe to that. I just know how. I just knew how to write the paper to get through the class. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Well, and to the degree they're they're just trying to teach you information. They mm-hmm. don't want to know your thoughts on it. They really don't want you to to go beyond just knowing the knowledge. Mm-hmm. So they'll give you base knowledge, and then of course a professor, if they're teaching you knowledge, they're going to have a particular bias towards it. A particular right? bias, and they're yes. going to they're going to put that out, and you'll see that, and you'll know. And, and you know, as a student, you're like, okay. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to be confrontational in the middle of that class and get a bad grade and then have to retake the class again? If it's a small institution, you are taking the same class with the same professor. Absolutely. It's just going to cost you money. And depending on how you was on the first class, they remember you for the second. But like, oh, I remember you. Oh, you're Mm. here again. Let's see if you learn. (laughs) Oh, I learned. (laughs) Exactly. Learn it, I did. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But... As we talk about the, uh, so when, you know, as, as you think about time, right? Mm-hmm. Think about 300 years. How long and far removed is 300 years? You know, think about 300 years from here, from now. Uh, it's between three and four generations of people. Think about it. Did I do it right? It, three, four hundred years. Well, a generation, isn't that 20 years? I'm not for sure. No, but I was thinking about like your great grandparents. Like centuries. So it's like, yeah. Wait, did That's I say three it? centuries? Three centuries, yeah. Yep. So it's like three or four generations. Like I was thinking, grandpa, great grandpa, great great grandpa. Well, three hundred years would be a great 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 great. It'd be nine. well, I was nine I was, greats at least. I was doing at a I was, minimum maybe I was, ten. Well, maybe I was doing I was doing like average if people <laughs> live to be seventy five, eighty years old. But you're okay, right. Yeah. Like if you're doing fifty, no, I'm saying then okay. Like, so dude, dude's twenty years old. He has a son. Son's twenty years old. He has a son. He's 20 years old, then the grandpa would be 60. The great-grandpa would be 80. Mm. So that's four generations oh, in I see. 80 years. I see. So at least 10, right? So so we're going yeah. to So we'll say to 10 to 12. 10 you know, to 12 generations. Generations. Yeah. Yes. I don't even know. I'm, I, have, I have no idea mm-hmm. 10 or 12 generations in my family, in our, in our line. In no, our I don't, family I don't line, know. We don't even know that. No, I don't. You know? Yeah, we have no idea where they came from, what they did, what they like, how they do things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we've, how much have we changed? Going back to that um, transparency uh, projector kind of mentality to what we have now, and what's the church going to look like in twenty, thirty years? It's hard to fathom. To yeah. be completely honest with you, I have no idea what the church is going to look like in, in 20 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like church buildings. I mean, you know, they might not even exist. Mm-hmm. No buildings might not exist. We might be in such heavy persecution <laughs> that all of us have to go underground. We have no idea. No, nope, right? we don't. Oh, we do know that trials, uh, persecutions, and these things will come. Okay, well, what happens if that does happen? All these, now you can't meet in these buildings anymore. Are, does that mean you're not going to meet individually? And that, that goes to my issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, 
if you only read the Bible when you go to church, and you only pray when you go to church, and mm-hmm. you only meet other believers when you go to church, what happens when the church, little c, right, the church building, mm-hmm. when that church building ain't there? Well, uh, it just came to my, my recollection. You remember the last two or three years? Mm-hmm. Remember how like the pandemic yep. happened, uh-huh. and then people started being closed off, and yep. the church attendance and even uh, prayer dropped off. Mm-hmm. Like they they done statistics, they done yep. studies on it, right? Like people were so wrapped up in their day to day lives, they were like, "I don't got time to pray." What do you mean you're stuck in your house? What are you doing? Netflix in it? Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. What do you do? What are you doing? Obviously, it's like, well, that's going to be a uh, open door for the enemy to come and bring depression, oppression. I Which mean, happened. Dude, yeah. Which happened. But there was an increase in uh, depression like never before during COVID, not just in adults, but in, in kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the absence of not having that fellowship with other people and, and you know, ha- being treated like a leper, you know? Uh, dude, there will be psychological... Um, ramifications yeah ramifications of this even years later oh and and i'm saying that was just because of covid Mm -hmm. now we're talking about the body of christ the church as a whole two thousand years later two thousand years later like have we gone further because we have convenience like you know hey man any sunday you want to go to a church you can just go down the street and go walk into a church and go and attend church there's like so it's so convenient for you all right, well, you want online church. Boom, go on an online church. Hey, you want to listen to podcasts. You want to uh, go on to YouTube. You want to go do whatever you want. Boom, there it is. There's the convenience. But in the convenience, do people do any of it? Some do, some don't. That's, right. I mean, I mean, it depends on the person individually. Depend- person and situation. Right? Yeah. Because you know? if it's so convenient, then people end up not doing it. I mean that dude. That's the whole base premise of why Planet Fitness has Planet Fitnesses in every city, mm-hmm. right? They have people that sign up for it, and they make it so convenient for you to be able to go and work out. Nobody does. Everybody pays. <laughs> there, well, I won't say everybody, right? There are some people that are in the gym, but for the large portion, they bank on the fact that people don't come. Oh yeah. So they just Absolutely. pay to make yep. them feel good. Oh, I have a I have a Planet Fitness membership. Here you go, and then I feel like I'm being go. pointed out right now because you know I, mean? I currently have a Planet yeah. Fitness. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I paid for that free T-shirt. That's a hey, fact. Hey, you got that T-shirt. Yeah. You you support a piece of gym equipment. <laughs> you yeah. make sure it, it is maintained. Abs- you know? Probably, yeah, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> you should put a little placard. But on there. no, honestly, Josh's machine. Yeah, no, I pay for the convenience <laughs> of right. the opportunity to be there. Right, no questions asked. Yep. Because I pay a monthly subscription. Right, but how many people do the exact same thing, too, with church, and are they being built up spiritually? Probably more than half the city. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. But what does that mean? But here's the psychology behind it. If I do not pay for it, I feel like I'm a failure, even though I haven't been in the last mm, So though you pay for it, you're like, uh, I have it. I have so it, it's just like, in case. Yeah, just in case, I, I, there I, it is. The mood strikes me. But I me. haven't gone, but there you go. It's almost like a fat guy buying skinny clothes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just be, hang them up, uh, you're d- like, that's my gold clothes. Which I've done that, too. <laughs> I've done that, too, and had to throw them out. Or not throw them out, but give them away, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a weird uh, It's a weird psychological thing. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Uh, actually, you make me want to go to the gym after we're done with this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna get my money's worth. Yeah, <laughs> hope they're there when they got the pizza. 
Let's go. <laughs> no, but uh, going back to convenience, I think yeah. because it is so convenient or the opportunity is always there, I think we'll always, uh, we just feel like um, we're, we're, we're eventually going to do it, right? Yeah. Um, but who knows how much time they have on this planet? Right. Who knows? It's the same equivalent of a deathbed confessional. Not everybody is guaranteed a deathbed right. confession. Like, I'll just wait till I'm on my deathbed. People no, die all the time, that. instantaneously, yeah. car accidents or, or, or what have you. Whatever. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because it's so convenient that people yeah. just dis- disregard it. Yeah. If I, if you, if or you, it's like the young people that'll say, well, I'm going to go sow my wild oats, and then when I'm older, I'll come to Christ. And it's like, how do you know you're going to be older? You don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And see, that, 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 does that go back to the mentality and the mind of the individual and where they are on their level of maturity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you can't explain, you know, having faith to somebody who's an unbeliever. They'll look at you like you're crazy. It's like, what? Yeah, I have faith in God. Well, they don't even understand that. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, when we start talking about being the church, the big C, mm-hmm. all of us in unity working together to uh, advance the kingdom, not a uh, you know, an empire, an individual empire, or one man's agenda of what he's trying to accomplish or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's everybody stepping into what they are called to do and to go do that. Because knowing that they will one day stand before Jesus and give an account. And that's what believers need to know. They need to know, you will stand before Christ. You will give an account for your life. <laughs> what Do you do you want to stand there and be like, well, uh, they never let me do anything. They never let you? I gave you my spirit. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. He's going to say, it's better for me that, that I left, that the Holy Spirit would come and dwell inside of you. Are you kidding me? What did you do with it? You know what? I think... When everybody's in heaven, they always wish they could have had a few more moments to do something different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like people that are already in heaven now be like, I wish I was alive right now so I could have done more things. Or knowing what I know now. Knowing what I know now, which is hindsight always. Live, live life differently. Live life here. differently. And that's yeah. that's why I tell people, right? Like what's the most holy moment? The most holy moment's the one you have right now. Why? It It is a divine appointment. Mm-hmm. It is a divine moment. There will not be another moment like the one Never you're having be. right now. Most viable quantity. And if you are being led by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you've got uh, untapped, unreached potential. Like, what what can the Holy Spirit do in the next hour? Like, we have no idea the divine appointment that's going to happen in the next hour. We have no idea. We don't know. Exactly. But are we ready? But are we ready? Yeah. I would like to think so. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be uh, a braggart, or, um, but I do believe that uh, when you really consider the cost and you really call yourself a follower and you do listen to the Holy Spirit, I, I do believe you you are guided. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you have that gift of faith that's in you that says, yep, I'll take that leap. I'll take that step. Yeah. What's after that? I have no idea, but I'm no going to follow him. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to deny myself, pick up my cross, and follow him. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, and even if you miss it, at least you yep. got a good story. I'm just saying, yeah. at least you tried. At least you yep. swung for the fences. And, yeah. Hey, and swingers. Then there's, then there's repentance. Then move on. <laughs> move yeah. on, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good word, man. All right. Well, we pray that this episode has encouraged you. It has uplifted you. As always, go out there, uh, be led by the Holy Spirit, and have a phenomenal day. 
Thank you so much for joining in today's episode. If you would like to learn more about Caleb Perkins Ministries, please go to www.calebperkinsministries.com.